0: Welcome to episode number 63 of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio with our producer Stan Lewis this morning. We're having some fun getting ready for the holidays and we're going to talk today about, um, I I don't know if it's controversial is the right word or just uh, uh, clearing the air about some uh, terminology and some things that people are curious about in the world of pitching. But before we do that, Let's talk about It Up. It Up is the communication tool you need to use. It's an app for your phone, offers you the opportunity to communicate within your team, within your organization. Uh, it's got a great social media aspect to it, um, and it's free. It's a free tool. Uh, so check out CleatedUp.com and It Cleated Up FP. It's the app you need to be using for team communication. I also want to talk to you about Nexair. Nexair is a Memphis-based industrial gas, medical gas, research gas, welding supply, and safety PPE supplier. With strategically placed retail locations, sales branches, and distribution centers throughout the Southeast, Nexair is never too far away. They maintain centralized product warehouses to serve you better and be more reliable. Through our services, you can receive the products you need when you need them. Our fleet of trucks will get you the gas you need when you need it. If you're interested in any Next Air product or service or just want to talk through your options, please get in touch. Our customer care team at 888 639 2474 will help you find the branch or outside sales rep in your area. Please reach out to Next Air. they'll take care of all your needs. And finally, let's talk about Patreon. Patreon.com is your opportunity to support everything Fast Pitch. If you're in a position where you can become a patron, can support us financially, Coach Don and I would really appreciate your help. Uh, we're doing everything we can to keep everything fast pitch and coach prep free. We don't want to become a subscription service. And if our listeners who can support us are able to, uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, it goes a long way towards keeping us going and keeping it free. And uh, so check out Patreon.com/slash Everything Fast Pitch, and all your options will be explained to you. So Don. Neither one of us wants to uh, portray ourselves as pitching experts, right. even though here's the ironic twist to my life: I got my first college coaching job because of my pitching knowledge, not my hitting knowledge.
1: Well, and I mean we're we've been around it for right. decades and decades and, now, right? And, so. and I think
0: I think we keep our eye on the ball and and our ear to the grindstone to kind of keep up with what's going on. But so we had a question from a listener um, wanting us to talk about. The uh, differences in ways that people are describing pitching mechanics and pitching technique with uh, one term being internal rotation, another one being hello elbow. I think there's a couple of other terms that are kind of floating
1: around that are kind of used to try to describe. I was going to say, and it's interesting as they all get different labels and different terms used, Right. As, as time evolves, right?
0: Yeah, but all all these labels meant to, try, I guess, kind of put different pitching instructors and different pitching styles into set a category to set yeah. them apart. Yeah. I'm not going to try to explain what each one of them are, what each one of those different characteristics or, or different mechanical approaches might be. I wanted us just to have kind of a philosophical discussion about pitching to begin with, and then also... I guess, this controversy or this discussion about what style of pitching is best or what style of pitching is right. First thing is, with almost anything that we talk about, Don, is there are certain things that make sense, and sure. there are certain things that don't. That are natural. Right. And my first rule of thumb in anything athletic and anything softball-related, and definitely for anything pitching, is that if it doesn't make biomechanical sense. If it feels awkward. Right. If it does not work naturally with the way your body wants to work, I have serious doubts and serious reservations about whether that's the best approach for us to take. You
1: eventually will create injury or damage. Right. Yeah. So
0: so whatever tag we're adding, whatever tagline or, or description or category we're putting different pitching techniques into, my first rule of thumb is, if it doesn't make sense, if it's uncomfortable, if it's painful, if it hurts to do it repetitively, chances are that's a bad it's idea. Yeah. Okay. And whether improper or wrong or incorrect is the right kind of term to use or not. I'll leave that up to somebody who's more semantic than I am and more, more uh, legalese than I am. But what I will say is, to my way of thinking... Anything that potentially causes damage, anything that hurts a player to do it repetitively is a bad idea.
1: Needs to be changed or altered or right. fine-tuned. And now, yeah.
0: In pitching, obviously, I think that's a very, very accurate way to, uh, to look at it and way to think about it, because I think that anybody who's pitching at any level of success is putting in some repetitions. They are definitely doing some work. They're throwing enough pitches that they are undoubtedly putting some strain and some wear and tear on their
1: body with whatever style they're using. Taking the repetitions away, it should feel comfortable though, right? Right. I think.
0: Now, one of the things you know, I mentioned earlier that when I first started a, as a college coach, you know, I'd spent a lot of time, you know, learning some things about pitching, and just to kind of give people the the fast and furious version. When I was coaching at Whitnell High School. Had a very talented athlete who played for me. Her name was Wendy Wolf. Don remembers she her from player. The, the player that she became when she was playing for us at Wisconsin Parkside. Anybody um, would have loved yeah. to have Wendy. And, but but for Wendy's him. story yep. is is a very unique one. She had never thrown a pitch until her sophomore year of high school, and basically kind of got tricked into it, uh, lured into it. She had been a catcher, and we were doing training for our little kids in our community because uh, that was how we thought we could develop some pitchers for the future. And so we were doing these little clinics where, you know, the kids would come in and they were, you know, bouncing rubber balls off of the wall and stuff like that just, you know, to learn the most fundamental of pitching mechanics. And I didn't know much back then. I really didn't know very much at all. Um, but I knew enough that I thought like we could you know develop a couple of pitchers. And one day Wendy kind of had this brainstorm idea. She was getting bored waiting for the pitchers to warm up, so she could do some stuff as a catcher. And do you mind if I you know, mess around with some of these drills? Instantly, you could see that this was a player that had potential to be a pitcher. You know, big, strong kid yep. who threw really hard overhand. And as soon as she started you know messing around with the pitching stuff, she was throwing the ball. I mean, crazy hard. Well, ultimately, long story short, Wendy decided she wanted to become a pitcher, and over the course of her learning how to pitch, I learned how to teach pitching. Sure, The way it was working was really pretty simple, because I didn't know much, so I didn't have any really preconceived ideas. I didn't think that hello elbow or internal rotation (laughs) or whatever the term of the day was was the right way. I would read a book or I would watch a video and I would go to the next session with Wendy and say, hey, I saw this, let's try this. She would go to a camp or she would go to a clinic or she would you know, you know work with a, uh, somebody on her pitching and she would come back and, well, hey, I tried this and this feels pretty good or this sort of makes sense. She learned about pitching and I learned about teaching pitching because the two of us had a relationship where if I suggested something and she tried it and it felt really weird or felt awkward or felt painful, she would just flat out tell me, no, that felt bad i don't i don't want to do that right and so i would say okay so that thing of exaggerating this movement or emphasizing this thing or really focusing on that other thing just didn't make sense developed a style of of teaching pitching based on that exchange those constant exchanges between wendy and i and to the point where i ended up getting my first college job because the person who hired me had recruited wendy and basically decided we that we got to keep this yeah, going if, if i was smart enough to help her go from 0 to throwing 65 in a couple of years with no previous experience that there must be some potential there. You know, over the years I continued to learn more but basically the same way, you know, no preconceived ideas, you know, no idea that there was only one right way to do it, just this constant exchange of ideas and knowledge and you know, and as I got my first college job at Parkside with other pitchers as they came in not trying to make them do things the way Wendy did them. Necessarily change them. Right, trying to figure out what worked for them and what I could do and what I could, I guess, fine add tune and fine-tune and, tune and yeah. whatever. And so it was never you know built on absolutely one specific idea. To get back to our, our listener's question, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that one style or the other is right or wrong, because honestly, I'm not familiar enough with all the catchphrases and all the terminology To to say to separate them. Absolutely one is right or wrong. But I am going to say if it doesn't make sense, if it looks uncomfortable, one of my golden rules of hitting is if it feels dumb, if it feels awkward, it might likely if it feels stupid, it might be. And you know, hitting is another perfect example. You know, we'll see kids walk up to the plate with these crazy, exaggerated super out of the box (laughs) batting stances and ideas about their swing because you know somebody said that you know if, if you hold your elbow really high it will make your swing level or if you stand at a really exaggerated angle it's going to help you do something else and so you know if I'm going to use that same measuring stick for a hitter if it looks stupid, it might be stupid. If
1: it feels stupid, it might be stupid. For a pitcher, I think it's going to be the same thing. If it feels... So I think I think some of the anxiety on this story is that uh, for young pitchers, that they get caught up in not wanting to make a mistake in regards to who they choose to work with right. to begin with. For us to expose them to you know, the basic concepts of pitching and then exactly what you're saying, I like that to... Uh, to get feedback on what feels proper and feels comfortable for them and to let it be a natural motion because we're trying to accelerate and eventually throw very hard it needs to be something that feels smooth and fluid and uncomfortable for our body right. and and whether it's an angle or or whether your finish is completely up or across your body you know i think that uh, that it needs to be something we can do repetitively do it at a high speed or high level and not have our parents feel like they're making a bad choice because of the terminology right. that somebody describes their style or their right. pitching, right? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the yeah. thing
0: that I think is, is kind of a I guess uh ironic piece of this is you know, I've known a lot of people who I think are really knowledgeable pitching people and none of them prescribe or or preach that they are a certain w- a style one or the other. Yeah, right. that that they're not trying to say that I am a whatever, whatever pitching Put coach. Put into a box. Right. That I think that people that are really good at this are not trying to make it a one size fits all, one tool in the toolbox kind of thing. There's
1: only one way. Right. There, like, and, to your and, point and, about each of the kids coming in. Right. And, know, I, and I don't, I don't them think all. there
0: is one way, but I do think that there has to be a certain level of common sense and logic and understanding of how the body works and how the different parts of your body work together in whatever
1: we're teaching kids to do. So you're not asking your body to do something that will be damaging. Right. Yeah.
0: And so to my way of thinking, anything that really exaggerates a movement, anything that really puts a strain on your body to complete a movement, whether that's falls in one category or the other, I think that that's where we need to be really cautious. And to back to your point of, so how do I find a pitching coach that's yeah. going to teach that style? And not hurt my young right you know i I think that what i would strongly recommend is first as a parent is to you know kind of take a look around you don't have to do a whole lot of research on youtube to watch different videos of different people Uh, teaching different styles to have an idea of what looks natural and what looks comfortable and and natural and powerful and all those kinds
1: of things to me people that have been doing it for decades right you know and still able to throw right and yeah. and
0: so you know so so go on youtube and you can and look at a, a, some videos and some different things that different instructors are putting out there there's all kinds of different clips that you can look at then you can also compare that to you know watch some youtube video clips of different college pitchers what you're going to start to notice is that there's a lot of things that all these different college pitchers are doing that look very similar to what a lot of these different instructors are talking about on youtube and then you can take that and then watch what the instructor that you're considering is doing. Even the very first lesson that you sign your daughter up for, or even before you sign your daughter up, you know, go and see a lesson with an instructor that's working with maybe one of their older, more advanced players. And so you can see, you know, kind of audition that instructor, get a chance to see what that person's doing. Go watch a few, for sure. Yeah, to get an idea. And if what you see in that lesson matches up with what you've seen high level pitchers doing matches up with what you've seen other, you know, respected instructors doing and teaching, you know, then I think you start to gain some comfort that what that person is teaching makes sense. And if you go and you watch a lesson and that person is teaching something that you didn't see Amanda Scarborough talking about, you didn't see Sherry Kempf talking about, you didn't Kat see Osterman's. Kat Osterman talking yeah. about, um, You didn't see um, when you watched videos of, you know, different pitchers pitching in games. If it looks like something totally different than what all those people are doing, you know, chances are I would think that that, that person might not be teaching what the majority of high-level people are teaching. And there's a lot of great people that have been doing this for a long time. You know, Cindy Bristow is a good old friend of mine that's been teaching pitching for a long time. Um, you know, she's got her, her service, you know, Danielle Rubin, who is a friend of ours that was on the podcast a few weeks ago, um, is doing her online training and all these people, I think are teaching a very good fundamental style, you know, Barbara Reed, who's a good friend of ours, uh, who's been on the podcast. So I think there's a lot of people that are out there doing it well, but I think that, you know, as, as you're a beginning parent trying to find the right person, you know, just do a little bit of research and that research should not be just, uh, well, she pitched in the College
1: World Series. Not or just based on a term.
0: Right, and not just based on a, I'm a hello there. elbow or I'm an yeah. internal rotation or I'm a you know bake a cake with a box of chocolate pitching instructor, um, whatever it is. Sounds uh, good, though. Yeah, chocolate cake does sound pretty good right about yeah. now. But yeah. whatever that terminology is doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right person for you and do a little bit of research, try to check it out. But again, there's so many resources available now, you don't have to spend a lot of time to have an idea of what good pitching looks like, and if that's what your instructor is teaching, whatever term they're putting on it, I think you should be comfortable with it. Yeah. And and again, if your daughter goes to a lesson and she comes home, you know, mom, my elbow kills me after a lesson. Oh, you know, my wrist is killing me. My shoulder is killing me. I can tell you right now, it doesn't take more than one lesson to know that what that person is teaching your child probably doesn't make sense. And here's where it could get complicated. You could have done all your YouTube research and gone to watch uh, a lesson and come home with the idea that you know this person is the right instructor, and then you still have to maybe be willing to punt and take a check-yourself moment if your kid comes home after a lesson or two and my arm feels like it's going to fall off. Well, does it feel like it's going to fall off because you've never used those muscles
1: before? I was going to say, in particular, if you if you're used to pitching, right,
0: yeah. or yeah. or does it feel like your arm's going to fall off because we're asking your body to do something that's just totally unnatural? Changing the motion. Uh, yeah. You know, Don. You know, we've laughed about it in the past that we've come across some people that por- portray themselves to be pitching geniuses. Uh, all I can say is that what I know from what they've explained to me that they're going to be able to get a player to do, I don't believe it. I don't have faith in it. I would call BS on it. So 12 um, different pitches in two weeks. Yeah. yeah the, the, you can get a ball that can go up and down or down and up or right and left and left and right at the same time. That kind of stuff doesn't make sense. Okay? And at the end of the day, pitching is biomechanics and it's physics. That's what it is. It's those two things. It's biomechanics and it's physics. And if it goes against either of those two things, we got to take a good hard we look might at need it. To so, take a look. So I hope that helps, um, gives us some things to think about on this whole what's the right style of pitching, pitching coach for us to choose. Um, and if that didn't answer the question, please come back at us with some more suggestions, and Don and I will dig in deeper. If we appreciate we, if we, the questions. Yeah, if, yeah. We, if, we, if, we, if we need to get a few more experts in on the discussion, we can do that too. But uh, the most important thing is hopefully every time we you know, get a suggestion, we can do something to help push the discussion forward. So we appreciate it. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com let us know what you want us to talk about and we'll get after it so uh, make sure you check out our sponsors clean It Up, Next Air and uh, make sure you check out our Patreon page patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch Coach Don and I appreciate your support and your help so for Coach Don McKinley and our producer Stan Lewis this is Coach Tory and the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to episode number 63